Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can turn with me, please, to Revelation 22. We're picking up in verse 7 as we make our way through the book of Revelation. So Revelation 22, verse 7, title of our message is, At Any Moment, At Any Moment. At any moment, the rapture of the church can take place. There's, there's nothing on the biblical calendar, if you will, that has to take place before the rapture. There's nothing prophetic that must take place before the rapture. The, the rapture can happen at any moment, at any time. I personally would love it to happen like right now would be nice. When I'm preaching or teaching or in the Bible, it just would be a great time instead of, you know, a time when we're, you know, doing something else. But, but it, it's healthy for us as believers to realize at any moment, Jesus Christ can rapture the church, could take us to be with him and we'll forever be with him. And so uh, I remember growing up, my brother Emil, he's a year and nine months older than I am. And, and because we were so close in age, we would, we would fight quite a bit. And, and my stepmother, who just went to be with the Lord about two weeks ago, thank you, Lord, she's in heaven now. But my stepmother would uh, tell us, uh, if we were bad, she would say, wait till your father gets home. And that means we were in trouble. And then if we wouldn't stop what we were doing, she would say, he's going to be home at any moment. And that meant you better get right real quick. Because we knew my dad would, you know, we would suffer the wrath of my dad. He would give us a correction and a spanking if we were bad. That's just the way it was. But if we weren't being bad, which wasn't too often, but if we weren't, you know, acting up, and she would say, you know, dad's going to be home any moment. Actually, it was a good thing because we knew that we weren't able to eat dinner until he got home because that's what we did. We waited for my dad to get home before we'd sit down and eat dinner. So, so it was an excitement. Your dad's going to be home any minute. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to eat soon. That's so awesome. We'd be all excited about that. And I believe the same thing can happen in our, our walk in life. If we're right with God, if we've given our life to Christ, when you hear those words at any moment, Jesus can come at any moment, there's an excitement. You're like, yeah, anytime, Lord, please, please take me, Lord. And I, and I want you to understand something, especially if you're new to this church. I, I really love my life. I, I love my marriage. I love the ministry. I love what God's doing, but I love Jesus more. And that's a healthy place for all of us to be. At any moment, Jesus can take the church. We should be excited. But if you're not walking close with the Lord, if you've not given your life to Christ, that could be a scary thing. It could be a frightening thing, thinking, what, what do you mean? What is he coming for? What's going to happen? Let me tell you. When the rapture of the church takes place, if you don't make it right with him, you'll be left here. And as we've gone through the book of Revelation, you know that there'll be seven years of terrible tribulation that'll hit this earth. All hell will break loose. Literally, hell will break loose on this earth. You don't want to be here. And the only way you can make it right with God is through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, all of us sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. God wants you to give your sin to him, and he wants to take it away, and he wants to give you eternal life. And it's only through Jesus Christ. The only way you can go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. You must believe, but you also must receive him into your life, and you must give him your sins. And you can do that today. If you have not done that yet, I would highly recommend, don't wait another day. Allow Christ Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today. Why? Because at any moment, he's coming to take his church. And I have friends that are that love the Lord, and I listen to them, I will listen to their teachings, and they're saying the same thing. Get ready, guys. 
because Jesus Christ can come. Prophetically speaking, all that's taking place, all the signs that are coming, um, I, I, sometimes I look at my watch and say, Lord, are you running a little late? You're, is this really you know, supposed to happen? That's how close we are. Jesus Christ can come at any moment. That's one of the things we're going to look at in our text. So if you can please stand with me. I'm going to read verses 7 through 11. Out of reverence for his wonderful, powerful word, let's stand and I'll read. As John writes, Jesus, verse 7, this is Jesus speaking. He says, behold, I am, can we say it together? Coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Can we say that out loud? Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy. So Lord, we again want to lift up this service and these powerful verses. We pray that you would, you would speak through the simple teaching of your word. We pray for your spirit, the spirit of truth to reign, that we could hear what you have to say. Bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. So obviously we're talking about here, this is the new heaven, the new earth, the eternal state. We're getting close to the end of the book of Revelation. It's for me, it's kind of bittersweet. It's nice to get to the end, but I, I'm like, it's been so good being in the book of Revelation. We're looking at, again, this new Jerusalem, the holy city. We're closing this book real soon. Within weeks, we'll, unless the rapture happens, we'll be finishing the book of Revelation. I want to get back into verse 7 as soon as we can. There's a lot there. As you know, we ran late the first service, so I want to get back as soon as I can. Before I do, I always want to remind us every Sunday... It's an important fact. The book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises us a threefold blessing. There's no other book in the Bible that promises you that. So we're blessed when we read it, blessed when we hear it being read, and we're blessed when we apply it, when we keep it. And so, again, we read it, we heard it, but we pray that there's some application that we can glean off of, and I believe there is today. There's some great application for us. So let's dive back in and see what verse 7 says it says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Uh, we looked at that last week, so we're not going to spend too much time with that other than to say it doesn't mean that uh, Jesus got it wrong. He didn't come back yet. It's been two, approximately 2,000 years. No, the word is speaking about that prophetically, when these prophetic things start to happen, it's going to be sudden. It's going to be very quick. Things are going to happen at a very fast rate. Um, so that's what I believe that's saying. But Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Just as we talked about just here a minute ago, there's a blessing attached. The, the word blessed means to benefit. It's to be, to, for good to be bestowed upon us. Uh, in this word, it also could mean happiness and uh, favor, uh, favorable circumstances is upon your life. And how do we get this blessing? Well, we're told when we keep the, this, the words of this book. Keeping means to hold fast, to, to follow these words, to apply these words. And so the application is so important for us. Hearing is great. We're blessed. Reading it is great. We're blessed. 
but applying the things that we read of in this book, and there's a lot we've been looking at for application. I, I believe one of the best examples of application was when we were looking at the, the seven letters to the seven churches, and the letter that went to Ephesus, I believe, is so important for us to, to grasp. It says, Jesus writing to the church of Ephesus says, nevertheless, I have this against you. So he went through all these wonderful things that they're doing. They're a powerful church. You guys are busy. You guys are, are just, uh, you're doing so much, but he said, I have this against you. He says, you left your first what? Love. And I like to go through that every once in a while to do a heart check on myself. It's like, Lord, I never want to leave that first love. I don't want to be in a place where I, you're not first and foremost in my life. And, and so the, Ephesus was rebuked by that, saying, yeah, you're busy. You guys are doing a lot, but you, you, the, you miss the main thing, your loving relationship with me. So the application, he tells you what to do. Remember, so if you're in this place, if you are not putting Christ first in your life, if your love relationship with him is not first and foremost, what do you do? Well, it says, remember, therefore, where you have what? Fallen. And do what? Repent. Turn. And do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. The lampstand is the, the seven churches. So I believe you, my presence from the church. I'm going to remove my presence from you unless you repent. So application here is to go back. Are you in a loving relationship with the Lord? When you look back, was there a place in your walk with the Lord that you would say, I had a real loving relationship? Or how about this? Uh, I hear some, so many people say, oh, I remember the good old days. Oh, the tent days, those good old days. Well, really, with Christ, if, if you knew the Lord way back then, these should even be even much better days. Why, you've been walking with them for a long time. And that love relationship should grow deeper and richer with him. Okay, kind of like the example with my wife. I met my wife uh, when I met her at Calvary Costa Mesa. She was working for Pastor Chuck Smith. And when I met her, fireworks went up. Love at first sight. It was like, wow. And it gets better. 20-some years later, I can say, this relationship with her, it's so much. It was so surface back then. It was just physical, eyes, lips, just great, fireworks and everything. But now it's deeper. It's richer. It's, it's better. And with the Lord, our relationship with him should get deeper, better, more intimate. We should get to know. You spend time in your word, you get to know him even better, who he is. And you're like, God, I didn't even realize. It was just so surface when I first gave my life to you. But now I realize, Lord, how awesome you are. Go back if you do those first things. Like, you know, study the Bible like you used to, if that's what it is. Go to church like you used to. Do those things, those quiet times with the Lord like you used to. Take walks with him like you used to. Whatever it was, where you were in that place where you were really in love with him, go back to that place where you were. That's the application. And back in our text, verse 8, it says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Remember he did that in, in, in 19, in Revelation 19? He fell down before an angel. He's doing it again. This is his second time. So he, he's, he's overwhelmed by everything that's happening. And he says, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things, that his heavenly tour guide, he's bowing down before the heavenly tour guide. And he says, and he said to me, I love this. He says, see that you don't do that. He's saying, don't do that. Don't bow down before me. He says, I'm just a, a fellow servant. And what does he say? Tell him to do at the end. He says, worship God. 
And before you're too hard on John and saying, John, wait a second, you did this once before. Didn't you learn the first time? You're not supposed to bow down before an angel. And come on, John. And, but, but realize it says when he saw and heard these things. He, what did he see? He saw the, the, the river of life flowing like crystal from the throne of God. He, get, he got to see that. He got to see the, the golden streets paved with gold, the golden city. He got to see that. He got to see all the walls were like diamonds with the, with the brilliance of the light shining through them. He got to see all that. He got to see the foundations of the walls like, like different precious stones like jasper and, and uh, topaz and sardis and all these brilliant colors. He got to see God in his glory. He got to see the fullness of the light of God's presence. And so, so sure, he's just overwhelmed by what he saw, but, but, but also what he heard. Remember, he heard there's going to be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. He, he heard all of that. He, he heard that God says that I will dwell among my people. I will be your God and you shall be my people. And he, then he heard that God say, you know, he makes all things brand new. And he, he's hearing all this. So he's, I believe he's just so caught up in that whole thing. Like it just got to him. He's just like, oh, I just can't. This is just so awesome. He just bowed down and just started worshiping. And then the angel's like, whoa, 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 get up. Don't do that. Don't, don't worship before me. Worship, worship God. Most of you know this, the word worship means to adore, to reverence, but it literally means to kiss, listen to this, to kiss like a dog licks his master's hand. To, to, to kiss like a dog licks his master's hand. Have you ever had a dog like that before? They're like, they, the dog looks at you like you're the greatest thing in the whole world. <laughs> you're the best, you're the best. There's no one like you. You're awesome. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Keep touching my head. Keep, keep, keep petting me. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're so great. Right? That's literally what this word means. It's just, you're just so in love with him. You're like, I just want everything about you. You're so awesome, God. You're so, so wonderful. I can't get enough of you, God. I just need you so much. There's nothing like you. That's where he wants us to be. We get a glimpse of heaven. We get to look into this place. We, as, as John got a glimpse into heaven, and he got to see it with his own eyes. Well, we get to, to hear about these things. We get to see it as we read about it, to see what th this place that we're going to go to. And, and it, it caused him to just bow down and start worshiping. But again, the, the angel says, worship God. Have that passion for him like a dog with his master. I, growing up, I was about 17 or 18 years old, and I had my first dog, my own dog, who was mine, you know, so, and I have to say, this dog was beautiful, and just like that, he was, a, he adored me, I mean, the same thing, just licking my hand, everything, so much so that when I'd go to work, he would cry the whole time I was gone, the whole time, nonstop, for hours, if I was gone eight hours, eight hours, ten hours, ten hours, the dog would not stop crying, and I was living with my grandparents at the time, and they said, we can't put up with this anymore. You've got to get rid of the dog. Yeah, he's cute, he's beautiful, but he can't, we can't, he's driving us crazy. And it was a hard thing. It's, I just it was blessed to have this, you know, this dog in my life. And he was beautiful. And, and he, he loved, listen to this, he loved me so much, I never had to put a leash on him, ever. Because I, I jogged a lot back then, I'd run a lot back then. I need to start doing that again, but... <laughs> But I would run and jog, and he would stay right by my side. And, and all I had to do if he stopped to sniff another dog or to meet some people, all I knew, I knew what to do, just kept running. And he, he would look at me being far away, and he's like, you are much better than anything else. And he's like, I'm with you. <laughs> Seriously. Never had to put a leash on him. He was always by my side. Why? Because he adored me. He loved me. He was just so close. He just wanted to be next to me. 
That's the picture that we have. And it broke my heart that I had to, to let them go and, and to give them away. So it was a struggle and it took a while, but my grandparents, they're like, you gotta do something. And so I remember I called the local pet store to ask them if they would take this, this dog and get a good home for this dog. And they're like, sorry, we never do that. And I'm looking at this dog, seriously, this is what happened. I looked at him thinking, once they see him, they're not gonna be able to resist. He's just so cute, right? So I went in and I knew it was gonna work. I went in and they saw this dog. They're like, oh, they're all falling on their knees. They're petting him. They're so cute. They're licking him. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll take him. We'll take him. We'll, we'll, here, sign the paperwork. So literally they went in the back to get the paperwork and their other families were there and they were grabbing this dog. And they're like, is he for sale? And I'm, I'm ready to give him away. They're like, no, no, we made a deal. Just sign the paperwork, you know. <laughs> but I knew he'd get into a good home and all. But, but my point is that that's the picture that we have here, that we're to worship him, to just adore him. And if you're not in that place with him, that means you, you've, lost, you've left your first love. And we serve a jealous God. The application is very simple. Go back. If you've never been there before, turn to God. Adore the one that created you, that knows you, that knows everything about you. He knows how you operate like nobody else, why he created you. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your everything, and he still loves you. He adores you, and he wants that relationship with all of us, and we're called to worship him. We're called to adore him, not the angel, not this world. We don't bow down to anything. We bow down to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we worship him. Amen? Amen. Psalm 95, 6 says, O come, let us Worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let's be passionate for him. Have you lost that passion for Christ? Have you lost that zeal for him? Turn back to him. <coughs> Psalm 99.5 says, exalt the Lord, our God, and do what? Worship at his footstool. That's very visual, footstool. That's where he puts his feet. In other words, get down there. Just be in awe of him, for he is holy. Only God is worthy of our worship and praise. He's holy. It goes on in verse 10. The angel talking to John says, it says, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. The time is at hand. This book is not to be sealed. As we've been teaching this for I don't know how many months, Occasionally, we have people that visit our church, and they, I've even ran into people like at the grocery store, are you through with the book of Revelation yet? <laughs> and I go, why? Well, I'm afraid of it, and I don't want to go to church there until you're done with that scary book. Seriously. The devil wants it to be sealed. God says you're blessed when you read it. You're blessed when you hear it. You're blessed when you apply it. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Does that sound scary? It's scary for people that are not walking close with the Lord because it tells the future. Of, if they don't make it right with God, it is scary. But the answer is not ignore it. That's like going to the doctor. You got cancer. Well, see you later. Never going to see you again. Okay. Let's go to another doctor. How am I doing? Well, you look good. Hey, I like you. I'm keeping you as my doctor. Tell me what I need to hear. No, I want to know the truth. The Bible is true. The revelation reveals our future. Like it or not, it's going to happen. You can't change it. It's not to be sealed. You're not to, to, to ignore it. It's, it's to be open. The book should be open. We're to read it and understand it and to know it. God wants us. And again, so much so, we're blessed by reading it, by knowing it. 
I remember years ago when I was at the women's club and we were teaching the book of Revelation back at the women's club when the church first started, 2003. And uh, one of the ladies there brought her father to church. I believe it was his first time and he was a Lutheran. And after the service, he came right up to me and he's like 80 some years old and he goes, son, don't you know that you're not supposed to read the book of Revelation? That's what he said. He's like, I've been walking with the Lord for like 60 years, and I know you're not supposed to read that book. And I says, well, I says, I have to disagree with you. I says, because it says right in there that we're blessed when we read it. We're blessed when we hear it, and we, we're blessed when we apply it. How am I going to apply it if I don't know what's in there? And he goes, oh, and he just walked away. He just ran out. Of, he left, and it's not to be sealed. Matter of fact, I believe the application for us would be after we read it, when we apply it, when we hear it, let's not seal it in our hearts. Let's, let's open it up. Let's tell people about it. Let's share these wonderful things that we're learning. Let's share the, the fact that judgment is coming. Let's share that, that uh, devastation will take place for those that don't turn and repent. Why? We, we know the future. It's kind of like knowing that there's a bridge out and you don't tell anybody about it. You know, cars are just falling off the cliff. Oops. We probably should have told those guys about that, huh? Seriously, we know the future. We know that the judgment is coming. We know that wrath is coming on a world that rejects Christ. And so we know this. So if we, if we seal it up in our hearts, we're not doing anybody a favor. Like, well, people get mad at me. Well, that's going to happen. They might get mad at you. Hey, the, the, the bridge is out. Ah, don't tell me what to do. You still know the bridge is out. Doesn't change the future. You, you know what's, the, what's down that road. We know what's down that road. We know that there's devastation. We know that there's, there's going to be uh, God's wrath being poured out. And for us just to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to seal that up in my heart, but I am so blessed. No, we're okay as a believer. But Lord, help us not to seal it, to tell people there, there's a wrath to come. And I believe that it could come very soon. It's almost like when it's possible, okay, let me give you this. You're... You know the bridge is out like 40 miles, 50 miles down the road, and you're like, hey, occasionally, hey, oh yeah, the bridge is out way out there by 40 miles, don't want to go that way, it's okay. But, but, but right now, it's almost like we're right at, the, like, we're like, like a quarter mile away from the bridge being out or less, and it's just right in front of us. We see it. It's going to happen at any time. And so for us to just sit here and say, oh, well, hi, God bless you. God bless you. No, stand out in front of the street and say, the road's out. God's coming. Stop. Only through Jesus can you be saved. They might say, well, that's narrow. That's, I don't want to hear it. Please listen. Not on my hands anymore. It's on your head, and I pray that you receive it. Because he's coming. Yesterday I was at an event. I loved it because there was a lot of people that weren't church folks like you all. So I loved it, though, because I... I love sharing the Lord. I love sharing the gospel. I love sharing the Bible. So I was, you know, at an event. It was, I kind of, I think I invited myself. I don't know if I was invited, but I invited myself. And <laughs> so there were officials there, state, county, city. And it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was so funny. One of the gentlemen I was talking to, and he knew I was a pastor, and he introduced me to his wife. And he says, hi, this is Pastor so-and-so. He's at the, the church over there, Calvary of the Harbor. And she looked at him. She goes, are you okay? And he goes, why? He goes, well, you're not burning up or anything? You're okay? You're standing okay? You're talking to a pastor, and you're okay? And he's like, and they were laughing, you know, because they're not used to being around, you know, pastors. And so I'm just talking with them. And then 
So I was talking with her. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with this, this lady. And I started sharing the future. I started sharing the Bible because she told me that she went to a church that didn't really teach the Bible. I says, oh, that's a shame. And she's like, what? Because you know, she looks at it like, well, that old ancient book, why would we even look at that? That's the church I grew up in. They don't look at that. And I was like, well, that's a shame. And she, goes, she looked at me like, what are you talking about? I says, well, it's a shame because, you know what? I said, I'd like to say it this way. When you go into a room of 100 people, you might have 300 different opinions, right? And she's like, yeah. And I says, well, I'd rather know what God has to say. And that's the Bible. We're not, listen, you're not, I'm not, we're not responsible for the outcome of the words that we tell them. They're responsible for them, but we are responsible for letting them know the truth. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.